Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Psych in the City. I'm the Psych, Heather Abel, and the city is Hollywood, California. I'm here today with my dear friend, Vanessa Gradick. Hey! <laughs> she is a super cool <laughs> comedian, and I'm a big fan, and I thought everyone else needs to see and hear her, and I guess just hear you, really, but you're so pretty. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm a huge fan of yours as well. It's fun to be here. I'm oh, excited. Thanks. <laughs> Well, so I always start the show with, um, you know, how was that first reading you had with me and did anything come true and what resonated and and stuff like that, really? So our first reading um, was interesting for me because it was, if you're all, it was right after, I want to say two months after my dad passed. Mm. And so that was the first thing when I came through the door. Like, you didn't even say hi. We didn't get introductions. Mm-hmm. I just was like, hi, I'm, who's with you? Like, somebody came with you. <laughs> we got to sit down. And I was like, oh, oh okay. Because I'm very, um, not skeptical, because right. I like believe in all of it. But there are so many fake people out there that I didn't give you any information. I legit just emailed you and said, hey, I'm Vanessa. I'm Jody's friend. Can I do a reading? Right. And... The things that you were saying were things that can't be Googled. Right. Like, I never even posted on social media about my dad for, like, a year. So nobody, like, there's just things that you wouldn't know that you did. And I was like, oh, okay, this bitch for real. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and here's dad right now. If there was a camera, you could see, but feel it. That's dad, the chills. Uh, Do you see him? Mm -hmm. Do you see him? (laughs) Yes. So, And then you hit me, I think, on his, this is after the reading. What was that, his birthday? He's all over me. Look. (laughs) So, so those of you at home, basically when spirit arrives, my body breaks out in chills and that is, uh, your loved one or whomever is on the other side starts coming through. My body will break out in chills. Uh, and so it's no joke. <laughs> so go on my love. Uh, cause you emailed me, was it, was it his birthday or the anniversary of his passing? I don't know which one it was. And you were like, by the way, just want you to know, uh, there's a song about some sunshine Yes. And he's singing, and it was my girl, which he always was singing around the house and all over. So, yeah. yeah. Real deal shit. So, real deal shit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that's why we're connected. Yes. And that's why I connect with a lot of people who come in here. Um, so, yeah. Hi, Dad. Hey. Hey, Dad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you're a comedian. Yes. And I, I fucking love comedians because there's like this weird fantasy in my head that I should have been a comedian. It's like, <laughs> it's never too late. No way. I'm like super afraid of crowds and being on mm-hmm. stage and stuff. But but I, I think I'm funny. <laughs> you are hilarious. I crack myself up You're all day hilarious. long. You should listen. <laughs> just go do an open mic or something. No way. I went once. My my husband, um, my ex husband, was a writer. Okay. Well, a writer for reality shows. There's no such thing. Oh, they, no. they put a couple ideas oh, no. in there. Yeah, he was a producer for reality shows. Yeah, <laughs> like you are a producer on your show. Yes. Uh, and he had a comedy writing class he was supposed to attend, and he was too busy, so he had me go. And so I stood up 
And I was at the farmer's market bar in uh, the Grove. Oh, at the Grove, okay. Right, where all the old crusty people mm-hmm. from Miracle Mile go and sit and drink beers all day. Mm-hmm. So I went through a stint where I might have joined them now and then. Honey, I did join them a couple times. <laughs> Why you playing? That's right. the first place I got beer drunk. Yes, beer drunk is a different kind mm-hmm. of drunk. It's right? a different drunk. It's fun, but there's a lot of bathroom time, which I did not like. Right, and that bathroom's far. It's far and it's not. And it's antiquated. Yeah, it's not good it's like from the 30s but you can't there's nothing you could do you drink a pitcher of beer you're gonna have to pee 1700 times that's just yes. what it is and that gross saying break the seal once mm-hmm. you break the <laughs> once you break the seal that's why i just gave you my tequila i can hold that all night yes. so Mm-mm. So what the hell was I talking about? Oh, you went to the com- comedy. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I was at the farmer's market bar prior. Uh-huh. And so I get there. Oh, you had a little liquor and, 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 Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so everyone is in there really sort of subdued and scared. And it's their first time trying to do comedy. And they're mm-hmm. not funny and all this shit. And then so I go up there and I said... Well, I've had three beers, and I'm coming from the farmer's market, so I don't give a fuck. And then <laughs> I started spewing all this stuff, and they were laughing. So whatever I was saying. Well, but it's there. It's a but. But let me tell you this: it is an art. It is so incredibly specific. It's an art, yeah. and you have to write, and you have to get really intense. And I, I don't envy you. It's there. There's like a lot to comedy. There is, but it's also um, like the stage was never my problem because I started in theater. So I'm at home on stage. Like that's where I thrive. My problem when I started was being comfortable in silence, like not Mm. trying to like you want people to laugh. But I also want people to hear my story because I don't do observational comedy. I talk about my life. Mm. So I want you to hear my life because this is my therapy. A long time I didn't have insurance. So I'm going to come talk to y'all <laughs> motherfuckers and you're going to help me through this. Like I could have been crying in the car. And like my favorite is uh, Pagliacci, like mm. the tears of a clown. Mm. And they tell the joke in uh, on Watchmen about how Pagliacci went to or I'm fucking up the whole joke. But anyways, this guy goes to a therapist and the therapist is like, oh, you're doing so bad. Um, what will cheer you up is if you go see Pagliacci, the great clown. And then he just started breaking down, crying. He's inconsolable. He's like, what's wrong? He's like, I am Pagliacci. So for comedians, that's what we do. We bottle all this shit up and then we go to make other people laugh so that we can get through it. Mm-hmm. So it was just getting comfortable in my truth. And then it was like, well, y'all can laugh or you can not. But I feel a release when this is done. That is beautiful. <laughs> I love that. I think there's really something to be said for truth and mm-hmm. standing in your truth. Um, I had this weird kind of little other podcast prior to this, and I was really sort of guarded and scared. Mm-hmm. And then people started inviting me on their podcast as a guest. Mm-hmm. And I started going, I don't fucking care. Like, I'm going to tell you about my abortion. I'm going to tell you about my abuse. I'm going to tell you about all of this shit that went down because you can help other people when you stand in your truth and you also live your best life. Right? 100%. We spend so much time. I know I do spend so much time um, trying to reconcile things that I've done or like not to feel guilty. I beat myself up a lot. And I got to the point in the last, I want to say year-ish, year two, something like that, probably since my dad passed. I'm like, fuck all that shit. I am who I am. I'm going to go 
to wherever with whatever body I got. I'm going to say what I have to say. If you don't like it, that's not a me problem. As long as I don't do anything out of malice, I just have to do me. And I've been so much better off. <laughs> like so much better off. That's fantastic. So you radiate beauty. You really oh, do. Thank you. you do. And it's like that comes from within, you know? I've always struggled with this weight business, mm-hmm. you know, from youth. And Me it's too. like when you can embrace your body and just go, you know, I love my curves. I'm okay. It's so corny, but you can feel so much better. You and know, I think for women, especially it's hard to find a balance and I'm still, believe me, I'm still struggling. I went to an event Tuesday and wore this romper and the whole time I was like, I'm sucking in trying to hide behind people so I don't look bad. But we have this weird thing where it's like, okay, I want to say, fuck that. You're going to get whatever body you want. But then I'm also going to work out to try and get the body I want. Mm-hmm. So it's being happy with what you have while still working at it. And it's more just to be healthy, I guess. As but don't you see or don't you don't you feel that when you stop thinking about it, because it's very sort of spiritual advice, right? Mm-hmm. When you stop thinking about it is when you lose the weight. Mm-hmm. When you're obsessing about it. You don't don't lose a damn pound. 100%. Right. Because you've let it go. You let it go. Mm -hmm. You give it to God, universe, whatever you say. Yep. Then you start to lose because you don't give a shit anymore. Yep. But I mean, you do give a shit, but you've given it to God. You just have to care about the things you can control. You can, you can control what goes in your body. You Mm -hmm. can try to be healthy. Like I have... I'm shit. I'm about to be forty, so I'll be forty. Congratulations! <laughs> it's a pivotal year for a woman. We talked about. Yeah, that. we did. It's a very I'm spiritual time in 2020. So it's all it's eights and fantastic. So I have high blood pressure. I'm probably mm-hmm. gonna be on blood pressure meds for the rest of eternity. Mm-hmm. So I need to watch my sodium. So okay. I'm watching things. I'm watching things that are bad for my health, not necessarily weight related. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm trying to change. Like, okay, because I'm not going to quit drinking. So I may as well eat salads. <laughs> Fine. No judgment. <laughs> no judgment. As I drink eggnog, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's just looking at those things. So I'm buying stuff to help me be healthy, not to help me lose weight. Mm-hmm. And that's made a huge difference. That's how I feel about working out. I, I just do. It's, it's like Prozac for mm-hmm. the body. I mean, it's, it's, it's makes me feel so good, but I go there and, you know, I just basically do a brisk, like old lady walk, you know, <laughs> like I'm walking hey. I'm doing my brisk walk, it, but at least I'm doing something. But you're doing it. Right. A little bit of something is better than a whole lot of nothing any day. You have to move. Mm-hmm. You have to move. Yep. <laughs> so that's what I do. That's good. Though. And yoga. Don't you do have that. to do yoga in a, if you have a spiritual practice. Yeah, I'm not doing yoga. <laughs> Again, no judgment. <laughs> Yoga's, I can't. Well, part of it is I was in an accident, so my shoulder and my knee are messed up. So all the downwards, all that, I can't. But it, I get, I'm, I, I'm not good at yoga. <laughs> I'm just not good, and I can't be in there struggling. I don't like it. Do you have a brother? Uh, no, I do not have. Well, yes and no. What happened? I don't have bi- biological brothers. I have people who I claim as brothers. Mm-hmm. And then I am 92% sure that I have four-ish siblings that I've never met. 
Yeah, because I get a brother coming through, a few brothers. It's yeah. like, what a trip. Um, yeah, they're all right. You're like, I can't deal with it. I have no desire to. Like, my mom met her sister late in life, and they're best friends, and they're very excited about it. I met my sister when I was 13, so that's mm. one. And I know there's others, but I have no desire. I, I love that. I, I've, I was talking about this with a friend, and I was saying uh, about my ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say, they said, don't you Facebook stalk him? Don't you look him up? Don't you do this? I said, I've never done it. Not mm-hmm. once. Why? Because it proves to hurt your heart. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go there. I don't want to. It's like being a cutter. Why would I yeah. cut myself? Yeah. So I have no idea where, what, how, happening with anything him. with him. And I wish him only the best. Yeah. But for me, that's too much on my heart. Mm-hmm. And so is that how you feel? Well, with these mystery siblings, mm-hmm. I don't have anything on my heart. Like, right. It's not, I don't know them. They're strangers to me. If they come and say, Hey, I'm your sister or brother or whatever. I'll be like, Oh, okay. So take care of yourself. <laughs> it's kind of like, don't put anything there. Yes. Yeah, like right. I don't need, I'm content with my family. And obviously babies are some like new babies, but even I've met new cousins and they're like, oh, we should hang out. For what? Like, I'm good. I'm I'm full right now. The only thing I really want is a man. Other than that, I'm like, people come and go. I'm good. Yeah. I feel like that about kids. Mm -hmm. People, why don't you have kids? I'm supposed to, like, because society says I'm supposed to, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I I'm want good one, but if I don't, I'm okay. Yeah. I don't want to haul it everywhere. It seems like you'd have to, like, it's like a big old backpack you have to it take is. everywhere. It is. <laughs> I mean, you have a dog. You guys. <laughs> I feel like dogs are more work than kids. No. They are. Because dogs, you gotta, they got to go outside. With a kid, you don't have to leave your house if you don't want to. But you can't leave the kid alone inside. Well, listen. <laughs> I mean, you can't. It depends on the kid. I was a latchkey kid. <laughs> oh, me too. So, are you kidding? I, I was raised by HBO. Yeah, that part. So, yes. Mm-mm. At the age of thirteen, I, I, they started leaving me. How old were you? I probably started walking home by myself early, like seven or eight, mm-hmm. and I probably could stay in the house for a very limited amount of time. Maybe 10 and then 12, 13 is when I could stay, stay at home. Yeah. Because then I was babysitting other people's kids by 13. Yeah. I was smoking cigarettes, watching (laughs) coal miner's daughter, (laughs) mommy dearest. And see, we weren't doing, me and my friend were actually just talking about this because we weren't, we were bad, but we weren't bad. Like we were mischievous, but we would have, so the way my house was set up, there's the house and then there was an addition put on the house before we even moved in there. But it was sound secure from the rest of the house. Fun. So once people would go to bed, we'd invite boys over. Yes. But we weren't doing anything. Like, we weren't drinking. We weren't fucking. We weren't smoking. We right. were literally just back there playing spades and watching BT video sold or some Cute. shit. It was so, maybe somebody dry humped once. <laughs> it was so, Seven minutes in heaven. No, we wasted so much prime derelict time. <sighs> Just out there chilling, doing cartwheels and shit, being actual kids, but thinking we were grown. See, I maximized my derelict time. I maximized it. Listen, that was with my friends. We were stealing cars and shit. Yeah, I got caught in a stolen car. Yeah. I got arrested 
But that was separate. Like I had my friends and they were all very innocent. And then I would peel off and do my shit. And they come back. Side. <laughs> yeah, they and come back. Because all my friends, I think, shit, all my friends were virgins till either college or marriage. Wow. Like my close group of friends. Are you Gemini? No, I'm a Leo. Oh, that's why I love you. Yeah. Because I'm a Gemini. <laughs> So we love Leos. Leos. <laughs> yeah, there's two of me here, but we love Leos. Yes. And I love one of y'all most of the time. Yeah, the nice one. <laughs> right? I don't know if I get mean anymore. Of course I get mean. I just, you just pretend, you know, you just yeah. don't look at that part of yourself. I get, I get mean, but internally, I don't let that wrath out on the world. Right. You have such a good sense of calm. <laughs> so how do you obtain that? Uh, tequila? Yeah. (laughs) Nice. I think a long time ago, I decided that, well, one, I'm not fighting with anybody where we don't share bills or a child. Mm -hmm. Like there's, you have no, no stake in my life for me to argue with you. So I don't do it. And then there's the other part of just being a black woman. You have to be able to be assertive without being the angry black woman in the room. Mm -hmm. So while other I feel a lot of other ethnicities get the option to go crazy and nobody think of anything about it. Mm. I do not. That's that true. is fucked up. So that makes me want to cry. <laughs> Seriously. No. Fuck it's, that shit. But it's what it is. That's just, that's the way, that's the way of the world. I, I know it is. Mm-hmm. I think about these things at length mm-hmm. in bed at night. <laughs> <laughs> I guess because I'm we an get you maybe because I'm an empath or something, but it's like I do think about the subtleties of behavior and yeah. like why people are so fucked up and and it's not. I mean, I can't say it's necessarily healthy, but it's not healthy, and that's like a burden for you to carry and something that's heavy on your heart, you know. And yeah. and uh, I I I can't relate. I do know that having worked in production in the mm-hmm. business of television, it was damn hard. It was a boys club. Yeah. And if I were not sweet during that time, I would have been fucked up. Yeah. Because the bitches, I don't know how they did it. That's uh, the bitches, it looks like they had it worse to me. Mm-hmm. So I chose not to be a bitch. Yeah. And there's a, there is a, a fine line you can walk where people know, hey, I'm not going to fuck with her. Right. But she's also not going to come for me either. I let in everywhere. This is when I was a social worker, when I was a bartender, whatever. I'm nice until I'm not. Mm-hmm. So let's just stay over on this side because I only have two gears. Mm-hmm. It's go ahead with that bullshit or go kill yourself. Like I don't have that middle ground. So I try to stay on the nicer side most of the time because we don't want to see that other side. I call it a target. Like for us, it's like you're a target. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're attractive or whatever, it's like and the people feel as if uh, energetically they can enter your field. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really jarring a lot of the time, especially in this business and being a comedian. Mm-hmm. Many people feel like they can say whatever they want mm-hmm. under the guise of comedy. Even mm-hmm. if they're not comedians, they'll just talk shit and be like, oh, you're you're a comedian. You should be able to take it. No, I'm a grown up first mm-hmm. and anything that anyone has ever seen on me, my website, my social media, it always says grown up first. It's on my business cards mm-hmm. where it's like grown up producer, comedian. 
Like that part's first that I'm a grown ass woman. Mm. So come to me like that. Don't come to me like I'm telling jokes. Mm. So I love that. <laughs> so what to you is a grown ass woman? What what embodies <clears throat> that for you? I think it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a while. I think I was a quote unquote grown up before I was grown. I hear you. I so understand. <laughs> so understand. Because <laughs> I mean, when I was 21, I was technically a grown up. I was on my own. I was paying my own bills. I was doing all of those things. But take, but it was a very, it was a bubble. And it was taking just my world and operating in that. Not knowing that I had to operate in all these different other places. And I always have to be 20 steps ahead to actually be grown and still monitor my own emotions and my own uh, responses to the world. Mm-hmm. Cause I can't change the world necessarily, but I can change how I respond to it. And that took some time, <laughs> <laughs> like still taking time. It's still taking time. Well, it's, it's profoundly accurate, especially if you have like a difficult childhood or a fucked up childhood or, yeah. you know, or a latchkey or you do raise yourself. Mm-hmm. then we are forced to sort of uh, grow up fast. Yeah. So my my deal is kind of different than yours. I've decided to be a child in my adulthood. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <Listen>. Because. <laughs> get it. <laughs> I didn't get one. Yeah. I didn't get a childhood. So I said to myself, I'm going to be a kid now. I'm going to eat cereal for dinner, you know, maybe some Lucky Charms, whatever. Whatever makes you happy. (laughs) I'm going to just be an ass. I'm not going to have kids. I'm going to be completely immature. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a lot of friends in in their 20s. It's pretty pathetic, you know. It's not pathetic (laughs) because I'm very immature. Because I need that joy, that fun, that ease. Mm -hmm. Because I was responsible for fucking everything. Everything. Yeah. You know, my parents were like getting high or out at parties or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was alone. So and taking care of my sister. So that was a grind. Yeah. I don't want that grind. Mm-hmm. I don't want a kid. I had a kid when I was five. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I want to be a kid now. But I really love the grown ass woman thing. Yeah. Like, it, 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 even though it's different from, different from my fucked up philosophy. But you can still, like, in that, I was having this conversation with some friends of mine a couple weeks ago. Like, I still, I'm the person who a perfect date for me is if we go to Dave and Buster's. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still doing that. I still watch cartoons. Like, I am mm-hmm. caught up to date of course. with Boss Baby on Netflix. Like, I <laughs> love it. So it's, it's that uh, balance of the two. You know what it strikes me is the the word is respect. Mm-hmm. When you're a grown ass woman, you need respect or you demand respect. Yes, and I feel that mm-hmm. as well. And that would be my grown ass woman part. Yep, is give some respect. Exactly. Right. Like you don't know my story. You don't know. Yeah, what you, the don't. you don't. You know don't what know the my shit. Fuck, so I know. And like, like Ariel over here says, I look like some polished, like housewife. And it's like, you don't fucking know. We didn't even have electricity. So fuck off. You know, you don't know the shit I've been through. Mm -hmm. Right. I had somebody, there was this guy who I was talking to and who actually texted me yesterday. But uh, uh we need to read him. Nah, we don't. We don't? He was not important. Okay, bye. (laughs) You've always texted me your loves. I do. Will you read this guy? Well, he wasn't a love. He was a distraction. Okay. And then, no, he's, no, none of that. But he, 
he came to my house and then I said something. There was something I suggested to him. And he was like, well, how much are they? It was somebody who I use for a service. And I was like, they're not expensive at all. This in dialed guy or what? Huh? What kind of service? No, not services. <laughs> uh, uh, braider. Oh, 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 okay. My braider. And okay. I said, um, I said, she's not expensive at all. He was like, well, your expenses are different than my expensive. The fuck? I said, you don't know nothing about me or what I'm doing or what I got. He was like, well, I was in your apartment, so I know. Here's the thing. What you don't know is that I was attacked in one of my last apartments. And at that moment, I said, I don't care what the fuck needs to happen. I'm going to live where I feel safe and I will eat Ritz crackers and ramen noodles before I let go of this apartment. But guess what? None of his fucking business. I didn't tell him this. This is in my head. Yes. In my head, I was going off. You don't but out need loud, I was to like, tell oh. him anything. Oh. You don't, he, you don't owe him anything. No. You know downtown LA, Santee Alley? Have mm-hmm. you ever been? Yeah. Where all the cheap, fun shit is? I love mm-hmm. to go down there and wander around like all the... the I know. Like, you told me to go. I was like, oh, I'm going to get it on Amazon. I love the Santee Alley. <laughs> My husband hates that I go down there. He's like, what are you doing? It smells like onions. It's awesome. It's like full of tacky shit and like big five-inch heels and ghetto, crazy, awesome shit. And I love it. But anyway, <laughs> so down in Santee Alley, they have all these t-shirts with phrases Mm -hmm. and every time I go down there the first booth has this shirt that says I don't owe you shit yep and I love that 100% it is so spiritual to me this is spiritual advice I don't Mm -hmm. owe you shit yep right because I feel like you and I are similar in that way Mm -hmm. like if you come from a a very difficult past you claw your way to 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 the middle or where (laughs) wherever the fuck we are right now Mm -hmm. i say the top we're at the top baby i'm getting there yes we're glad to do and um but the top in in our sort of minds it should always be the top you should Mm -hmm. not be reaching for more you should just be happy where you are right so but anyway i don't know you shit to me is like so profoundly beautiful Mm -hmm. because you get these i don't know about you but you get friends like that where it's like oh you have i see all that you have so you owe me something Mm mm-hmm it's such fucking bullshit. Or just even, it doesn't even have to be material. It's, I don't owe you an excuse. I don't owe you a reason for how I do. I don't owe you anything really. And I got to the point, which helped me in that whole grown ass woman situation. I had to flip it on myself. And a lot of times I don't say things. And I, what I had to internalize was everybody doesn't deserve my opinion. Beautiful. And that's how I changed it. I was like, you know what? Because I would just talk until... Nope. Mm-mm. Everybody doesn't deserve to know what's going on in here. <laughs> no. So it, it matters not what you think of me. It matters how I react. Mm-hmm. Right. One hundred percent. Yeah. And you finish explaining <laughs> yourself when you realize people are not, are on different levels. There is no point to explaining yourself. Yep. Because they're, they're, they're not going to get it. Right. And that's the same with everything. Just like you can't explain to somebody why you love who you love. You can't explain to somebody. I'm a big energy person. There are people who I will not fuck with. And I can't tell you why. I don't have no, I have absolutely no reason. But I came in a room, I'm not fucking with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I I live by it. And it'll be months later where people will be like, you know what? I see what you were talking about. Like I told you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I think coming from the background we do, like latchkey and difficulty in raising yourself, et cetera, you hone that ability to read. 
So me born with the psychic ability and then also having to raise myself, you are so fucking in tune with shit, like right away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, as far as like danger or this or that. I, I was once mugged and the guy had like a bandana over his face and a gun in my face. Mm-hmm. And he said, give me your bag, give me your handbag. And I don't know if it was my psychic ability, my intuition, or the fact that I'm fucking street smart, but I looked him in the eyes and I said, you're not going to shoot. And I said, fuck you. Yeah. You know? And my friends are all like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like you could have been killed, but I wasn't because I knew Mm -hmm. because I'm fucking street smart as shit that this guy is not going to shoot me. Mm -hmm. And so I just ran. I was like, fuck off. This is a Burberry. This is a fucking limited (laughs) edition, bitch. This is like a couple thousand. Like, I'm not giving this up for you. And I'm not renewing my credit cards tomorrow. Like, I'm not. Nobody has time. No. What do we... I'm I'm like, I see it's a gun, but like, I feel that you're full of shit. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of times where I'll do that. Just growing up faster, because I was my mom's only child, so I grew up an only child. My mom was great. It was the other side that, like, I made choices that put me in bad decisions. Like, I was in a gang when I was young, and I was Get other. out! It was foolishness. And my mom was like, what happened? I did such a did great Did you know job. Cobra? I did not know Cobra. <laughs> Cobra is my friend. Was Cobra in Minnesota? <laughs> Cobra is down here. Yeah, no. I don't know Cobra. <laughs> It's kind of the best name, though, ever, right? It's a good name. Cobra. It was a good name. But go on, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not what the fuck we're talking about. Cobra. Well, this is when I cast Flavor of Love. Uh-huh. I interviewed Cobra. Flavor of Love. I had a friend on Flavor of Love. Who? Uh, Goldie. Goldie, yes. Uh-huh. That was season two. Yeah, Courtney. Yes. She's, uh, she's good. I think she's still doing comedy. Mm. She moved back to North Carolina last I checked. But Cobra didn't pass background. Uh, well, <laughs> she didn't make it. I mean, clearly, it sounds about right. It's a lot of drama there. Yeah, there's a lot of drama That's there. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. I know so. you cast Flavor of Love. I did the first season. Mm. So I know you're looking for love. You deserve great love, and I think that's why it hasn't manifested yet. Is because no one has risen to your level. No one's at your vibration just yet, right? Yeah, I you're kind of smoothing away the stone. Mm-hmm. You're going through the the whatever. No, whatever. You're smoothing whatever away the stone. Calm. Whatever. I can't think of the word. But what I'm saying is, uh, we have a segment called the voodoo that you do. Okay. So I want to do some voodoo for you. Okay. I want to give you some tips on how to manifest this man. Okay. And you said you want dicks and dollars. <laughs> dicks and dollars. That's why. <laughs> dick and dollars. That's... It sounds way better coming from you. Because <laughs> I could find either or. Oh. Okay. So dicks and dollars. So this, this is, gonna, we need a new segment. Dicks and dollars. Dicks and dollars. Dicks and dollars. Yeah. Yes. It's important. It is. Because when I started focusing on like me and quality of the person attached to said dick, it, it has compromised my sex life. And by that, I mean dried it completely. Okay. So I'm kind of an expert in dicks and dollars. Okay. I've always attracted dicks and dollars. (laughs) Because I refuse to accept no dollars. Why? Because you have to be at the same vibration as someone. Right. So you first have to eliminate the thought that wanting someone with monetary income is bad, wrong, or dark, Mm -hmm. or or materialistic, or any of those things, Mm -hmm. right? So first we have to get rid of that belief. 
All right. So that's, I don't know if you grew up with uh, poverty, but I personally did. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's like in my PTSD is like all this poverty. So then you grow up and you're like, well, I only deserve a broke guy because I just grew up broke. Right. Uh, I made myself broke. I was good. What happened? No, just decisions I made. Right. So you have like, I call it money, uh, money language. Yeah. So your money language could be subconsciously that of lack, right? Yes. So 100%. Then, right. So then you're saying, I only deserve subconsciously, you're saying, I only deserve a man of lack as far as financial, right? I can see that. Right. So uh, I had the same affliction. Then I reprogrammed my mind to only accept dicks with dollars, mm -hmm. right? And that, of course, is your subconscious and you realize you have have to work on, which I feel you have worked on quite a lot, which is your self-love. So now you're in a space of self-love. You, I'm mm -hmm. saying you. Uh, and that's different from like self-esteem where that's like in the moment, mm -hmm. but self-love is like built up from, from when you were born. But what I'm saying is, and now you're in a state of self-love. So you're ripe and ready to manifest dicks and dollars. Right. Okay. So you are ripe and ready. So now you just have to get your conscious mind in alignment with your subconscious, which has now come into the dicks and dollars mode. Mm -hmm. Right. So how do we do that? Well, people are, are saying all these theories and this and that and the other about manifestation and it's all trendy and this and that. Um, I've been doing it for 25 years, this mm -hmm. manifestation exercise. What you need to do is feel, taste, hear, smell, speak, most importantly, to God, to the universe, that you no longer will accept a bro guy. Mm -hmm. And that you only will feel and having your vibration, someone who has the same amount of income or higher than you. And that's not, that's not unspiritual. Right. So it's like getting your head around that because, because we were deemed gold diggers mm -hmm. by Kanye West or whatever and all this bullshit. No, you want to be on the same vibration. Do I used to pay for rock stars all the time until they got their record deal and all this yeah. shit. No. I'm tired of taking care of dudes. not taking care of rock stars. We are on the same vibration, right? And you deserve it. So I feel like you're there mm -hmm. subconsciously. So now your conscious mind has to say no fucking way. Mm -hmm. I, I am only accepting this right dicks with dollars mm -hmm. right but where I think your your little bit of a blockage is is you don't think it's okay it's okay it's okay mm -hmm. does that make sense yes 100% because I've always been the type where even if I knew somebody didn't necessarily have it all together I didn't want to discount them because we get women especially get caught up in this potential Oh God! But potential just means you ain't doing shit right it's now. The fucking worst. <laughs> they always. So many women come to yes. me and say, "Well, he he has a, ch a potential has to potential. be. He's working at Ralph's, but he's gonna be a, a famous movie star." No, we could have potential no. when we were in our twenties. I'm about to be forty. I can't. Our potential doesn't get it done anymore. But it's you're right. Making that switch, making that. Like we talked about with weight. Yeah. When you let go and you hold steadfast in the belief 
that you are worthy, period. Mm-hmm. That's it. No doubt. No room for doubt. But that's the word right there because that that has been my struggle. And that's what I'm the last little piece that I'm fighting. Right. Is that piece of self-worth. Exactly. Like that do I deserve a seat at the table? Do I deserve to be on this red carpet? Do I deserve the dude that has the money and actually acts right? And that's my battle now. And I'm trying to chip away at it. So I got a mantra for you. Okay. There is plenty for everyone, including me. Oh, that's easy. I can remember that. <laughs> <laughs> you be giving me shit. I'm like, I know what she said. Uh, I'm worth it. I love the Lord. Uh, so now some voodoo. We got to do some voodoo to get yes, this guy. Okay. So the first thing I want you to do is go get a red sheet, a cheap, crappy red sheet. Usually Ross is best, right? Okay. Polyester, whatever, because it's not touching your skin. Put it between your mattress and your box spring. Okay. This is going to bring you your soulmate, the love of your life, and great sex to boot. Okay. Because your soulmate has to be a great lover. Yes. Hello. Because I'm a Leo. I'm not playing them. Yes. <laughs> so the red sheet between the mattress and the box spread. Now spread all the way out, or can it just be in there folded? No one has ever asked me that. <laughs> I need to know. Listen, I need specifics. I'm OCD. I'm saying spread out. <laughs> How do we put this in the bitch? Spread it out. Spread it out. All right. Yes. And then I want you to get two rose, rose quartz crystals. Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Put one on either side of your bed. Okay. Okay. And then I, uh, is there anyone on your mind right now? Mm-mm. No. Not Bobby? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, like who I would want to date? Mm-mm. Because what I see for you, January 26th, one, two, six. That's what I see. Okay. So that's when he's coming. I know I get super specific. You guys always make fun of me for getting super specific. But that's when I nah, see. Nah, man, because when we was at Jody's house, you said December. And now we don't push this. Oh, I did. What month. did I say? No, you said in December and he was going to be my Valentine. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, but. No, it's fine. Okay. But I see one, two, six right now. But yeah, February for love. For yeah. sure. February mm-hmm. for love. But one, two, six may be the date you meet him. Okay. Okay. Uh, any questions for me? Any psychic question? Let's see. I, I don't know if it's how long that I want to know. I basically want to know how long I'm going to be at this job. Okay. Or if I'm leaving there soon. I get for something better. <laughs> I get the latter. I do. And if I get, I got the number three, mm-hmm. which is like three months, which is crazy. That's very soon. But for something better, not just. <laughs> for something much better. Okay. It has to do with music. Oh. Singers, I think. Oh, I don't do none of that. Well, you do now. Maybe somebody. Yeah, you do now. Now, just tell us about you. Where can we find you? Any social media. I'm Vanessa Graddick, V-A-N-E-S-S-A-G-R-A-D-D-I-C-K. Um, on everything, VanessaGraddick.com, all of that. And her social media is fun, you guys, so check her out. <laughs> all right, so you can find me at Heather Psychic or HeatherAble.com. Um... <laughs> I'm a child of the 80s. I don't know anything about social media or podcasts. This is all good. This you got me, it. This is me signing off. I had a great time, Vanessa. I did too. Thank you for having me. <laughs> if you liked today's episode, please leave me a rating and review. And don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening. For more info about me, visit my website at heatherable.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.